we go. Good evening, you fucking legends. I was trying to pull off the Rick and Morty when they split all the universes. And away we go. And he hits the button, but one of them was doubtful, so it expands into more like possible opportunities. Missed the mark a little bit, I'm sure. As always, we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, sex sells, but Disney doesn't want any part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like Spider-Man, Spider-Man might have won an Oscar or been nominated for Best Picture if they just bump their game up just a little bit, right? We have a massive conversation about the Hall of Fame or Hall of Shame, potentially. I know you've got you're chomping at the bit to get those takes out, but we started talking about it a little bit. I said, shut up. Let's leave it all out on the battlefield. American tradition. Today was National Pizza Day. We might be the only country celebrating National Pizza Day, if I had to guess, because that's what Americans do. USA. USA. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that's going to clog our... That is the sound of a hellhound in the background. I apologize. Uh, we, We fucked up. It's National Pizza Day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Oscars are here. They're releasing all of the nominations per category. We'll talk about that a little bit. Did some people get snubbed? Is it is everything just like an artsy kind of film deal that that ends up winning these? Don't get me started on Don't Look Up. (laughs) Right. I haven't watched it yet, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine it was better than Spider Man or. The cast is, and the premise looks so promising, but it's all about calling attention. Political. It's It's calling attention to global warming by pretty much bashing Republican point of view, like the entire way through it. It's just like, I don't get why we have to do that. Like, it it would have been so good, but go on. Right. Sean White making his last Olympic return. He says after this, he's hanging it up. 35 years old. He's. He's in the qualifying round, so we'll see how he's doing. But we'll talk a little bit about how many redheads are going to be left in the spotlight at this point. Learning to walk again. We talked about how you couldn't repair severed spinal cords, but Mm -hmm. that seems to not be the case. We're learning to walk again Mm -hmm. even after severed spinal cords. Because if we can reattach spinal cords, we could potentially fix everything with uh, like neurology in general, like seeing blind people, like people who are blind or who become blind, we might be able to fix that now because we understand how the neurons work. Who knows? Crazy world, crazy. Absolutely crazy. This must be the technology from the aliens we've been spouting off about for the past, I don't know, 68 episodes. By the way, episode 69. (laughs) Nintendo is absolutely crushing it right now. They're going to have, I want to say a 40 minute, montage of what is supposed to be coming out this year for the Nintendo Switch seems like a lot for me and maybe they're going to show some gameplay and and chew up some of that time but that's wild Nintendo, kudos to you fun fact about that too, I was uh, talking to Griff earlier and we were looking at the new PlayStation and the new Xbox, right? Well, the Nintendo Switch has sold significantly more than both What is up with that? Is it just because the demand... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they just don't have enough to pump out too cuz yeah. That 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 was my thought is the demand for the chips all of a sudden skyrocketed. Any you basically anything microchip related 
there was all these delays on it. So maybe PlayStation and Xbox had this initial release of, of some of that stuff. And now we're, we're having issues with producing them because we don't have that kind of internal technology. But that, I mean, you would see the same thing for the switch at this point as well. So if there was going to be a dip, it would be in all of them. You would think. Well, unless the, those chips aren't used in the switch because the, it's a smaller system, you know, you don't have to use the graphic power and, now, what I did see here, I heard something about it, like speculation is that's because of all the cargo ships and stuff that are held up in California because of the they're I believe they're in a state of emergency. So Still, I asked yeah. you this: How in the hell can they host the Super Bowl? I'm glad you well, said I, that. I, I came across. Emergency. I that, came across that yesterday well, too. Yeah. yeah. And I was ready to fire that into the group chat and see what sort of conversation was going to pop off because of it. But exactly. That's exactly the point. So you're telling me you're going to have tens of thousands of people filling up a stadium that is in the city that is in a state that is under a state of emergency. You can see what I did there, how we got there. And these people are from all over the country. Potentially right. all over the world that come to watch this game. So exactly. What like come on now. You gotta come on, be smart about it. And last but not least, Russell Crowe um joins the cast of Craven the Hunter. I I was kind of skeptical about their casting choice with um Aaron Taylor Johnson, who plays Kick Ass, he plays uh Quicksilver in one of the iterations of Quicksilver, I should <laughs> yeah. say, in in the Marvel Universe. Now he's going to be Craven the Hunter, which good for him. I think people yeah. liked him. I think he was a fan favorite as Quicksilver. And it looks like it's going to be good. I'm I'm sure he's going to bulk up for this role and, and knock it out of the park. Interest, it's going to be interesting to see how they tie that into Spider-Man, where this is going to go. I, I like the idea of villains getting standalone movies. Well, yeah, it allows you to connect more with the villain, too. I mean, that's one of the reasons Thanos was so appealing to us is because we got a lot of Thanos and little bits throughout time. But if you give them their own movie and you do it right, I mean, I, I think Sony and Marvel are going to split off in their own two separate universes at some point. But where Tom Holland is going to be in both and just be like, hey, this has nothing to do with this. Tom Holland is the liaison that they need between all this, all this turmoil. And he's just like, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. Easy, 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 easy. <laughs> Let's make 10 more Spider-Man movies. Uh, Disney, you get a majority of the profits. Sony, you get to ride off the coattails of Disney. Let's all just go ahead and agree and, and be done with it. And then Tom Holland gets to go, I'm going to do a little bit of Sony money. I'm going to do a little bit of this Marvel money. I'm going to do a little bit of this Sony money. I'm going to do a little bit of this Marvel hey, money. The world the world is his oyster at this point. Because if he pulls off, I haven't seen the new Uncharted movie. I don't even think it's out yet. But if he pulls that off and that's a hit, that just shows that he can go out and do other movies too that are kind of outside of that realm. Because, I mean, the Spider-Man, he's a young kid, that sort of thing. But according to the games, I don't know how they're going to spin it, but that character is more like a like a grizzled adventurer type, you know? So it's, um, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. Did just start playing Uncharted 4 again in anticipation for that movie to come out. Don't know if I'll go see it in theaters, but one I'm interested in for sure. Mm -hmm. And and the Nathan Drake character, I mean, Absolutely. just 
Absolutely. And in that one, they do callbacks when he was in an orphanage or like a foster home, and he keeps breaking out, sneaking out with his brother to find these little clues and everything <laughs> in order to understand, yeah. oh, here's, here's this map, here's this treasure, let's do this thing, boom, let's make ourselves rich. And let's uh, let's learn a little history on the way. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of. Uh... I'm, I'm excited to see them. Re- like I don't like remastered editions, but I have found that long series games like Uncharted, Uncharted One, Two, Three, Four, Uncharted Four was like cutting edge stuff for what they were doing at the time. But One and Two, if you go back and play them now, you're like, this sucks. But they're going to actually remaster all of them for the PS5, which I think is going to be phenomenal. I have um, was that was that the last topic you wanted to get off? Because I had a good one to kick off the show here. Let's do it. Go ahead. All right. Um, so what's the deal with Joe Rogan? Why why is everyone hating on Joe Rogan? Like, I don't so, I don't know exactly. I didn't read the article, but supposedly he was spouting off like false COVID information. On his podcast. And, yeah. And and Neil Young went and absolutely attacked him. Yeah. It was like, get his stuff off spot. Or no, I think Neil Young threatened to take his stuff off mm-hmm. of Spotify. If they continue to allow Joe Rogan to do that, uh, you know, do his thing. And it's like, yeah. okay, he signed like a $100 million contract. What is yeah. your contract with Spotify? Why don't you I'm go pretty, ahead? Pretty sure take, if they cut him without calls, they're going to have to still owe him that money. And he draws right. so many views, and they're just making him more popular by doing this. And it's his podcast. I mean, he can express his views. And if you don't like it, don't listen to it. I mean, the media lies to us all the time, but we still watch, you know, the news. We still watch. You know, all, all this stuff. So it's like, why why is that the hill you want to die on? Well, and, yeah, that's a good point. And <laughs> not only that, but Joe Rogan is basically a podcast mogul at this point. Yeah, There's absolutely. no stopping this man. And his he has such widespread support at this point. Yeah, it, exactly to your credit. Why is this the thing that you're willing to go to battle for when, yeah. I mean, you're... You're going into World War Three with a fucking musket, basically, in that situation. And the the crazy part is, too, like, so, you know, I talked to a lot of people about this, and they're saying, oh, it's political one way or another, but not really. I mean, he used to live in L.A. I do believe he's, I mean, he was anti, anti-Republican when Trump was in office. I know that much. You know what I mean? So I don't understand why, I mean, he's being attacked the way he is. I just, I don't. I don't know. I I could tell you this though. I happened to come across an episode of Fear Factor, and boy, has Joe Rogan changed as a human being, hasn't he? My goodness, <laughs> he's done just about everything. I mean, Fear Factor, and then he went to do the, the UFC. UFC. And he was a commentator for the UFC for a long time. Still, I mean, he yeah. still practices jujitsu and all that stuff. Teaches it to world class guys, guys that were winning belts and titles. He was teaching George St. Pierre how to kick properly and everything, which was the bread and butter for George St. Pierre and kind of oh, dating yeah. myself a little bit because GSP, Chuck Liddell, Tidor, all those guys are previous generation. I couldn't tell you a one fighter's name anymore. I used to watch that stuff a lot. <laughs> now I got so disconnected from it. And it sounds like, like it's slice. And it's just because yeah. the name sounds cool as shit. Yeah. Kimbo Slice. <laughs> It, this is like that was like the come up of YouTube when Kimbo Slice was just bare knuckle boxing people in his front yard or whatever and winning, yeah. commandingly, and then he went into the UFC got his shit rocked commandingly. 
if that's a word. And and that was the end of him. It was YouTube has a way of building up sensations only for them to get knocked down. I'm waiting for the Paul brothers to get knocked down a little bit. I'm tired of seeing them all the time. Uh, hopefully that comes soon, but we'll see. The, my last my last take on this whole topic, and we can move into what we we're originally going on the plan. Uh, the wife just texted me, and I remember seeing this too. Someone put together a montage of all his videos of him saying uh, a certain racial slur that we shouldn't say. And Joe Rogan came out and said, you know, hey, it, it was out of context, that sort of thing. I honestly think we just need to eliminate said word entirely. So, I mean, he's wrong for saying it entirely, but I think everyone's wrong for saying something, you know, of that nature. So, yeah, I can kind of see why they're getting upset then. I completely forgot about it before I asked the question. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got for that. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good point, and I would I would tend to agree with you, and and we'll actually talk about that a little bit when we get into our Hall of Fame conversation, which is probably going to chew up a vast majority of today's time, if I had to guess. So, as always, as, at least. <laughs> yeah, as uh, after this, we're going right into it. So, um, as always, we rattled off a bunch of topics we want to cover today. If we don't get to them, we don't get to them. You know what I mean? It, yeah, that's tis, how it always works. Tis what tit is. And if you want to hear us talk <laughs> about them, stick around because we, we usually hang on to the topics and talk about them if we yeah. haven't. And if you're mad that we didn't talk about something, chime in. If you if, right. if if you have some comments that even if they're against what we're talking about and they're challenging us, like throw it in there. We'll talk about it. You know, yeah. we're not if you have a difference of opinion, let's let's talk. You know, let's don't keep it bottled up, just talk to us. And that, and that's just it. it. It's you almost have to live in this gray area a little bit where everything's not black and white. You have to see the other side. You have to kind of blend the views a little bit and understand where the uh, opposition's coming from. And sometimes yeah, there's validity. Yeah, sometimes there's validity yeah. to it. Sometimes there isn't. I mean, but you don't know unless you have that conversation. Speaking Let's of conversation, <laughs> speaking of conversation. Steven Soderbergh calls out superhero movies. Hey, they ain't fucking. That's why these movies aren't great. They're good. They ain't great. Nobody's out there slapping cheeks. Uh, weird take. Uh, kind of agreeable. You know, when, when we talk about where we are as the United States, as America, and this is, I doubt any other country has, has this saying, sex sells, right? How, so how, how, how different has sex been perceived from when your parents were kids to when we were kids? Completely different. Oh, for sure. Like for our, sure. when our parents were kids, like even you see it when you talk to your parents, it's like, oh, you shouldn't say things like that and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You shouldn't talk about anything like that. But our generation is very open, like, all right, cool. You know, and that. I don't know. I think it's a, a difference of a generational thing. And I think the generation after us, or I guess they're here. So, I mean, wow, that makes me seem really old. Um, <laughs> the generation that's here already, you know, they're, they're going to be more lax about it as well. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's the thing is like, so you bring that up. Okay. We are, we are more lax about it. Is that why we don't involve it in movies as much? Because it's just, it's not a big thing. Or is this a situation where it's like, 
we we want to be able to we don't want to use that like hook piece knowing it's going to work where's the challenge in that let's go ahead and do it without that let's really focus on but i mean you look at you look at even just marvel's history there is a lot of relationships within the superhero realm you know, mm-hmm. jessica jones luke cage which by the way Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, they bang it, bang it, bang it, bang it. We're Netflix at it, so. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah, you can imagine that's going to go by the wayside, obviously, once Disney Plus gets a hold of it. But that's just it. There there are relationships like that. And we, we, we kind of touched on this a little bit with now we're finally starting to see the Peter Parker side of Tom Holland's Spider-Man and him really mm-hmm. struggle relationships are a part of that i don't want it to be a huge part of the story necessarily that's not why i'm going to see the the spider-man movie but it does does kind of pull at that thread of what his mentality is like you know when he's got a relationship serious relationship and i I think disney's biggest hang up with this is if they do something like that they have to put an r rating on it and they just won't i mean look and look at the successful things that have done something like that look at the boys Look at Invincible, which is a cartoon, but it's it's pretty rough. I mean, look at these other ones that, you know, push those boundaries, which are okay to push now. I mean, but uh, could you imagine a show like, uh, like let's say, even Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones in the 80s or 90s, right? It'd be seen as like, it'd be shown on Skinamax. You know what I mean? Like, I just, oh, for sure. Just, <laughs> like, and I think they're, they're going to, they're not going to lose an audience for not having it. It's just they're not going to appeal more to (laughs) certain generations. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're you're right. It's Marvel's doing exactly what they needed to do to succeed by giving their product to the widest range of audience they possibly can. That's their success. Whereas you talk about like the boys and everything, the demographic is limited or is it? I mean, how many, how many 13 year olds do you think are probably watching the boys? I bet there's quite a few, but how many eight year olds do you think are watching the boys versus watching Endgame? Now here's, here's how they can get around it. Not show the actual scene itself, but have like a, you know, a heavy, heavy petting session, you know, for lack of better terms, you know, and and then cut it, get it. Yeah, give them the shadow silhouette. Yeah, you know, or re- the- release an un- an unrated version like later, like release and that later. No, wouldn't, wouldn't that be Disney's wheelhouse too? Because they love re-releasing that shit. I guarantee yeah. we'll see Spider-Man in theaters again here soon because it cracked the top five or top six for Didn't- both highest grossing movie currently. I think I've been saying this since we've started this podcast. Disney needs a Disney at dark. Oh, give me your darkest shows, and I guarantee it's going to boom. Disney at dark. Yeah, and imagine what they do with Deadpool, what they do yep. with Wolverine. Now, I will say mm-hmm. Wolverine really finished strong. Uh, I'll give them that much with with Logan and the, the how incredible that was as a movie. But yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, we're all searching for that carnage, which we've talked about. I mean, that seems to be human nature. Sex and carnage, give it to me, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's we've talked about it before. People, people enjoy 
watching this of knowing it's not real. You know what I mean? Now, if you watch something real on the internet that's like carnage and like chaos and murdering that you know is real, then you get a real cringy feeling. But if it's fake, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. Craven the Hunter, it looks good. It looks good. This man has gotten jacked. I don't know if you've seen pictures of him recently. And he, he really filled the role of Quicksilver, but now he looks like an animal and maybe this was just concept art that someone tricked me with but dude looks shredded i'm excited for it craven is you know at least in the old like 90s spider-man cartoons was a pretty pivotal villain Mm -hmm. and so i'm excited to see that you know you got your green goblin you've got your doc ock and maybe we're starting to see that sinister six thing kind of fill in here I, I saw a meme and it made me think of the old and it, it was a thing for the old anime. It's like I miss the old animated Spider-Man and Spider-Man's up on the ceiling and the villain's like, hey, why don't you come down here and fight me like a man? And Spider-Man's like, hey, uh, don't take it. There's any chance I could convince you to come up here and fight me like a spider, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, yeah, but go on. Hey, but if Craven <laughs> could, he would, man, because he's an absolute animal make that like a, almost a more horror type movie he's being hunted you know or really heavy suspense like give me that i oh i'd love that. or or give me the original iteration of punisher where he hunts spider-man give me that version yep, yep. oh but keep john bernthal obviously i'm excited i mean russell crowe aaron aaron taylor johnson uh two pretty well-known actors so seems like they're starting to really everybody wants a piece of that marvel pie now don't they i mean we're talking about we're talking about what's going to happen in doctor strange and now that there's all these alternate universes it's just like tom cruise was like now it's only speculation that (laughs) he's going to be in the doctor strange movie but come on a lot of the speculation has come out to be true so far I mean, we saw all three Spider-Man in the Spider-Man movie. We saw every villain we anticipated. With mm-hmm. the except I would have liked to have seen Venom in it. We didn't get that. It is what it is. It it was a good setup, but it was just I I wanted more. I wanted and I get it though, because you explained it right that the other guy is also Venom. So it makes sense. I was like, all right. Then good kudos to you for calling out Ned being uh Hobgoblin. Okay. Yeah, that does that does appear to be happening from from some of the latest responses and news uh, surrounding Marvel. Yeah, it. I also saw. I don't know if you caught a glimpse of this. It sounds like there's going to be a Venom verse that the three Spider Man will be uh, attempting to fight at some point. So maybe we see um, Venom. Maybe we see Carnage. I forget Toxin, maybe, I think, is like the culmination. Or I'd have to look it up again. I should have put the fucking article in here, and I didn't. That's on me. (laughs) But, again, you know, we reiterate this a lot. I'm excited for what Marvel's future is going to be. It seems like they're back on track for the, hey, these are the ones we know kind of thing. We got Shang-Chi. Everybody was like, who the fuck is Shang-Chi? Yeah. Turned out to be excellent. Yeah. Yeah, Who yeah, gives yeah. a shit about the Eternals? I, I enjoyed it, I think. But did you see James Gunn come out and say this is, this is the last time we're going to see all all the Guardians of the Galaxy together? Yes, I did see that. Yep. How, 
right now, who do you think dies? Because you know Thor's not with him because he's going to be in Love and Thunder, so he's probably going to split away from that because that comes out before. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for the sheer fact that he he will probably have other movies coming up, I say Quill. I say Quill's yeah. gone. That 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 hurts. I think I think David Batista's probably gone. I think Batista, that was that was yeah. that was going to be my initial guess because he's a fan. He is a huge fan favorite, by the way. Just the yep. way Batista plays the character of Drax <laughs> is very comical, and you you really have to enjoy it. So yeah, you're. I mean, maybe you're right, and but that's the thing is they need to do those drastic things. Yeah, they, they need do. to. Yeah. I mean, look at the success of Game of Thrones. Why was it so successful? Any character you liked was fucking dead immediately. Dead. 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 <laughs> Absolutely dead. Yeah. You said Ned Stark, season one. Man, this is gonna be a great show. I like this Ned guy. He's gonna he's gonna yeah, do a lot of good him. for the realm. Up and until he got his head cut off, I completely believed he was gonna be saved. All the so way up until I saw his head roll, I'm like, this is a dream, right? No fucking way. And then it ended, and I'm like, what the fuck did I just see? <laughs> up until Joffrey gives that little speech, uh my my mother and my soon-to-be bride have asked for mercy. But mercy's for women or some shit like that. And then he's like, fucking off with his head. Old boy takes that massive sword and just and then they end the episode beautifully done cinematically. Just dead silence. Birds fly away and it's yep. just dead silence. I do, I do wish I didn't listen to the books about how Joffrey died because I think just watching that and not anticipating it, it would have been so much more impactful. Because I already oh. knew it was going to happen. Because it's the same way in the books. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is the moment. And I'm like, oh, I probably would have enjoyed this so much more. If I just didn't read those damn books. Listen, uh, reading's hard. Reading is hard. Yeah. Reading is hard. You know what else is hard? Snowboarding. Fucking OG Olympic redhead returns. He 35 years... 35 years old, this man's taking it to the half pipes and doing it again. If he wins a gold medal, that's just just fantastic. I follow him on TikTok, and his TikToks are so simple. It's literally just him watching like snowboarding or skiing videos, and either laughing when somebody absolutely eats shit, or yeah. just being just being like, "Oh, okay, good job," kind of deal. And I'm there. I don't know why. I'm I get sucked in every time. I'm there for it. <laughs> But I mean, we, he's been an icon for so long. And you what? I mean, this is the Sean White that used to have long ass, wavy red hair, absolutely crushing it in the Olympics, crushing it in the X Games. And we all took it for granted. Yeah. And then it was like, hang on, wait a minute. Sean White is still an athlete. Here he is doing it at age 35. I was talking to the, that's, this, I think, is my wife's celebrity crush. You know, uh, as guys, we, you know, we all have one. You know, I, you know, we all have one. Um, but I think this is it because she had so many, so many facts about Sean White. And she was talking about how he actually did. He brought the sport kind of to relevance in the U.S. at least to where we started caring about it. And oh, he yeah. just did started doing things that no one had ever done. So I think the fact that he qualified too, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. That's I mean, think about in our lifetime, how many great Olympic athletes have we seen? I mean, you have 
tennis is that an Olympic thing? I don't think it is. I don't know. Okay, all right. But anyhow, so you have Michael Phelps, you have Usain Bolt, you have Sean White. Like you just have all these like phenomenal world class athletes, and I I think it's awesome. Yeah, you certainly have to appreciate it. And I was I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. Now that there is TikTok and social media is so well expanded, do you like the behind the scenes stuff? Like all the athletes on TikTok are showing all the gear and all the fits that they have. I'm kind of torn because it's I I don't want to believe these people walk amongst us just because of their <laughs> their capabilities as human beings. Yeah. And they're how excited they are that they got like, oh, look at this USA pullover. And I was like, I could go online and probably buy that same fucking thing I think right these, now. The, like, if you're not like one of those top ones, I think you're pretty drastically underpaid for from what I've been able to see. Like, compared yeah. to how like regular athletes are paid in like sporting events here in the US, like, I think it's drastically. But, um, oh shit, where was I going through this? Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for the behind the scenes access. That's sort of like seeing behind the scenes and it's cool. You know, they kind of get their moments. Trying. I think that's what social media has done for them. It's gave them more of a platform as well. Um, probably helps with their income too. Cause I mean, they're not getting paid much there. They're getting paid a lot on social media for doing these things. Um, the one thing I did hate, we were watching the women's, I think it was the high air. I want to say in this U S Olympic uh, skier, a skier or snowboarder, one one of the two, she had failed her first event, didn't even get a chance to put a score because she fell. The second event, she did the same thing. She has one more event, and the first thing they did was stick a camera in her face, and she's, like, crying and holding back tears, and they're asking her questions like, how does that make you feel? It's like, what the hell the fuck do you think it makes her feel? Like, you know what? Feel like, feel out with that. <laughs> makes me feel like doo-doo. What did you yeah. expect me to say? Chill, yeah. chill out with that a little bit. That's an that's an excellent point. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where now anybody with a phone or like a mobile yeah. recorder comes up to you and they're just like, "Hey, uh, tell us tell us all about tell us about," and they just put it right in your face and you got to deal with it. Hit them over the head with a. This was like a professional news team too that was doing it. And here's the kicker about all this too: a lot of these a lot of these people in the Olympics. 17, 18, 22, you know, young. Six figure skater we watched the other day that was just phenomenal. I take back everything I said about the Olympics. I'm highly enjoying watching them. Like I am, no, I am too. Hey, like, curling, yeah. man. I, I didn't watch any curling. I didn't do that. That's been doing that. Mostly the figure skating, the doubles and figure skating, and then the the high air, and then the half pike for the snowboarding. But the the men's snowboarding came on at like twelve thirty last night, so we have no yeah. We, we you got to watch the re-air of it, which I, I yeah, Bastard. NBC, NBC sports <laughs> app, uh, shout out to cowboy. Cause I've been, I've been riding his spectrum account left and right. <laughs> and I hope I'm pretty sure he knows it. I hope he does. I don't, I don't um, think he does. <laughs> He let he let me use it for something. I don't remember what it was, and I was like, "Hey, let's see what other shit I can log into with this." You know, that's the only reason I've been able to watch football games because Sling TV will doesn't doesn't host CBS, doesn't host Fox, doesn't so everything you possibly need. But that's a, they they promote the sports package. Be able to watch live games, and you could watch college football, sure. Yeah, but two 
live football games. You can't watch them all, though. Right. So, yeah, they big old dump on that one. Um, but it's, so, it, I mean, it's cheaper than all the rest, too. So, yeah, I'm starting to realize why. that I think I might be paying more in subscriptions than I ever paid for cable. I, like, when yeah. is someone going to come out with a package deal to where it's like you get these 10 subscriptions for 110 a month? Well, that's what Spectrum's doing. You log into yeah, your really? TV, per- yeah, you log into your TV provider. Yeah. And you get access to a lot of that stuff. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. The more you know. Oh, yeah. Just oh, wait yeah. till Disney gets, uh, what is it, uh, Sunday ticket. It, they won't, it won't come with the regular Disney price, though. It'll be Disney Plus exclusive, which yeah. is $800 for the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and guess what? There's going to be a lot of schmucks out there paying for it, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know. But don't know. so let's let's parlay this right into the conversation I really wanted to get into today. And By the way, that, did you, speaking of parlays, did you see that guy that put twenty dollars down on the Bengals and the the Rams, their exact score, right? Put twenty dollars down, won five hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Seriously? Because he picked the exact score and the Bengals were such underdogs too that it just it just skyrocketed it. I'm like, best twenty dollars you ever spent. <laughs> no kidding. Good for him. Hey, invest that shit. Turn that into a couple mil and call it good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pay good, live good, live good, die good. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. I listened to an ESPN Daily podcast yesterday mm-hmm. talking about. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens missed their mark to make it into the Hall of Fame, so they no longer can make it into the Hall of Fame, right? Two known cheaters in the sport of baseball. But Jeff Passan, who is uh, a baseball writer for ESPN, I believe, he might be his own independent thing, goes on to talk about, okay, so what about the guys who were like known racists or female abusers and everything that are currently in the hall of fame. What do you do about those people? You know, it, it says that character is supposed to be a point of getting into the hall of fame. So at what point can you look back and say their contribution to baseball is worthless because of those character traits. So now we should eliminate them from the hall of fame. Or is this something Okay, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. Again, known cheaters. They took performance-enhancing drugs. Did they only get there because of that? Mm-hmm. So how do you separate separate the player and their accomplishments with what they had to do to get there? I think I think now I, I just thought of this right off the top of my head, so this is really good hot take here. Um I think because you also have play this. This is kind of off topic here. No, it's uh, it's on topic. But like the Hall of Fame. I mean, people say Ben Roethlisberger is a hands down Hall of Famer, right? Well, he allegedly also raped two women too. So if you put him in the Hall of Fame, what are you saying to everyone else? I think in the. I think those are two separate instances. You know what I mean? I think if you have allegations like that, or you get proved that you're that core of a human being, you should just be eliminated entirely. But if you're caught cheating, I think I have a way to fix that from. 
because when they were cheating, they probably got retested at some point, correct? To where they were okay to play. Mm -hmm. You take out in between all the stats in between that, and then you tell me, okay, now are they able to still make it according to their stats? Because let's face it, the Hall of Fame isn't about changing baseball, changing football, anything like that. The Hall of Fame is a numbers game, and it's a popularity contest. Like, that's what it's turned into. I don't know so much about baseball if it's turned into that, but football, it, I mean, it most certainly has. I mean, you have players, like, people are, you know, deciding if Philip Rivers deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and what did he really do for football? You know what I mean? Like, why Like why is that, a like, a big accomplishment? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting, too, because Jeff Passon, he gets – he has a Hall of Fame vote, and he looks at two things. You know, did you have outstanding numbers and did you have outstanding numbers for a long period of time? It's mm-hmm. not one thing to just have like these breakout seasons. It's like you did this over the course of your career. Now with guys that took PEDs, when did that start? You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. would they would they have been able to accomplish it without the PEDs? It's so hard to say. Because a mm-hmm. lot of that, I mean, Barry Bonds was a, a an incredible player. He was real fast. He could hit the mm-hmm. piss out of the ball. And he had all the physical attributes to be successful in the MLB even before he started taking PEDs and steroids. So why do it, one? And two, how, how do we say he could have been capable of it without the PEDs? See, this is one of the things, too. Like I think we should educate every single player, educate them on PEDs, and the detrimental effects they have, if they want to take them, go ahead. I mean, that's on you then. You know what I mean? That's on you. If you want to take these to get a few, you know, a few years in glory to shave 20 years off your life, that's on you. I don't know why that has to be. And and that's it too. It, and that's it too. Is Well, I mean, then you have to talk about the health risks from a league standard as a whole. Hey, you could put yourself at risk, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm now that I'm not necessarily condoning it, but green lighting it. Do you hold some responsibility in that when something does go wrong? Well, I mean, you. I mean, it's it's on them because you educated them to the point. Like, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just throwing ideas out here that maybe that's the way they they deal with it. I have I have no idea. I don't. There's no way to catch everyone all the time. End of story. Because. You, you'd have to test everyone. Tests can get expensive, and it would just be crazy. And guess what? There's You can, what is it, an oil change? You know what? You just put a catheter in, swap your urine out for something else, and go, all right? And some players are going to do that. So, I mean, there's there's got to be a way to do something along those lines to where you can uh, level the playing field or do something. But, yeah, I I don't I don't know how to handle it. I think, um, I think there's one particular instance that's kind of weird that, they're not in the Hall of Fame, and that'd be Pete Rose. But you know, Pete that's, Rose, yeah. Like it's it's so weird that that's the reason that he's not in, and they 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 you know put him in with all these um, you know the PED, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the actual cheaters, and you're like, how is that the the same thing? I don't I, I don't know. We need like a classification and, or something. And this is something he did as a manager, not even as a player. As a manager, he was betting on games, not as mm-hmm. a player. Yeah. So, okay, maybe he does take a pitcher out earlier than he needs to so he can cover some sort of spread, whatever. And Put, put and him in as a player and not as a manager. Right, exactly. I've never, <laughs> I've never understood that one. And I think Pete Rose at this point has come 
like come to that realization to where it's like, okay, it is what it is. And I, he's, he does broadcasting for MLB, which is so weird. Like mm-hmm. they're holding him so close to the chest. And it's like, if I was Pete Rose, I'd be like, fuck you. This is the same organization as a whole that told me I couldn't get into the hall of fame because of my physical accomplishments because I bet on games as a manager. First thing about that is I think he's a okay. Cause I don't think you get jack shit for being in the hall of fame, except for saying you were in the hall of fame. So he's probably making all sorts of money from the MLB at this point uh, and broadcasting, <laughs> doing whatever he's doing. And, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah I, I forget what my second thought was. It was there. I'll, I'll come back to it. I'll circle back. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the Pete because I mean, really, that's the one that is so highlighted, and I'm, there may be others, but it's oh, it's good. Oh, okay. Um, I was looking at again, and apparently, the guy who said that he would never be in the Hall of Fame and banned him from that or whatever, he's still alive. And there was discussion on a podcast I was talking, I was listening to, and it said something along the lines of, "Once that guy dies." Potentially, the MLB could just be like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're good." You might. I mean, honestly, (laughs) but honestly, though, and that—that was the other thing too. Is I mean, he it has to be a vote based on character at that point, Mm -hmm. and that seems to be like you said, it's a popularity contest almost, to where that's that's the contemplation they have by the end of that ESPN Daily uh, podcast that I was listening to is. Who do you give the votes to then? Mm-hmm. You, currently, it's with the writers. You can't really give it to the players because then, every, guess what? Everybody's getting it. Hey, that guy had a great season. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Hey, that guy had a great season. Put him in the Hall of Fame kind of thing. And it's it's one of those things where we I don't think we have a good answer for it. And there's no – but, I mean, you can even liken this to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's there's just as many people that shouldn't be there based on again your Philip Rivers example is, a, is a, an excellent one. Jay Z is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Philip Rivers, like, what did they contribute to that? And that's why I think the Hall of Fame is really watered down because I mean, if you didn't change away, like, you know, if you didn't break, like, if you didn't break records, change the way the games played you know, break, you know, color barrier, stuff like that. Like, do you, okay. So you put up good stats and you were good for a while. Did you change how did teams have to come up with a different way to, you know, approach you as a player, you know, on the opposing team or did you change? Did you come up with like a different pitch or were you this crazy, you know, dual threat quarterback? Like what, what way did you contribute to the game? And, and I, I don't know. I feel like it's watered down. It's a stats and popularity contest. Absolutely. And and this is a, just such a recent example that I can think of because I, I just watched a video of it like a day or two ago. Ed Reed. Okay. One of the most dynamic safeties that ever played football. Had Peyton Manning in the palm of his hands. And we're watching a video. So... And, and Peyton Manning revered as arguably one of the smartest quarterbacks of our generation. You, you know, you got Tom Brady, you got Peyton Manning. Like those are the two. Joey, maybe someone, if there's ever a quarterback with the most swag, it's Joe Burrow. <laughs> if he gets, if he, if Joey B gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, 
his character will be looked at as one of massive beans between his legs. <laughs> Just an absolute stud. But now you got me off track. Ed Reed, okay? Watching this video. Ed Reed was so smart. He knew what Peyton Manning was going to do to the point where he made it appear as though he was going to be covering the middle of the field. So he he's doing his little backpedal tracking the center of the field. He knows that's going to leave a guy on the outside open for Peyton Manning. So he baits him with that move going to the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. And then without even second guessing turns and sprints to catch that receiver that's on the outside to pick the ball off. Like that's the kind of thing that puts you in the hall if of fame. Your average play is something that you can put on an instructional video and say, this is exactly perfectly how you do it. And you show that to younger generations and they're like, wow, that's phenomenal. You should be in the hall of fame. You know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, look at Aaron Donald, you know, no one usually gets through double teams. I think he's got like a 50% win rate against double teams. So teams have to use almost three guys to block him. So yeah. like, yeah, he's going to get into the hall of fame, you know, and oh, it's, it's crazy. And it's interesting, but it, okay. So you can, you could take a player that's somewhat similar, like JJ Watt. I mean, he was yeah. incredibly dominant in mm -hmm. the early stages of his career, but he didn't have, he never had the longevity. He was all, you know, every other mm -hmm. season he seemed to be hurt. So although he accomplished a lot of these great things, is he hall of fame worthy? I mean, his numbers are probably similar to those of some of the great defensive ends, but mm -hmm. is he under, Hall of Fame worthy? Under the like, under the current like how we treat Hall of Fame, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, look at um, look at the MVP award. I don't know; uh, it's probably the same with baseball. MVP is a stat award, not a truly most valuable player award. You know what I mean? So I think both are just watered down. And uh, Colin Coward, I was listening to him today. And he was saying, he's like, how small is that MVP award going to look when Aaron Rodgers wins it and he got kicked out of the playoffs in the first round? Mm -hmm. Like, can you honestly say he's the most valuable player in the league? And he's like, no, you can't. You can't. Farron Donald right. goes out and sacks Joe Burrow 10 times this year. You've got to say he's, or this week, he's probably the most valuable player on that team. <laughs> Very possible that that happens, right? though, yeah. by the way, <laughs> with the way the Titans were able to just kind of go yeah. through those those Swiss cheese holes you guys were leaving in the middle of the field. But, but yeah, it, it, that's exactly it. And it, I don't know. It, it's something I don't think we can ever really get right. No, I don't think so. And, and here's my other question too. So how often are hall of famers dampened by the small market that they might play in? Yeah. You know, there could be, incredible pitchers first baseman you know quarterbacks whatever i mean it, if joe burrow hadn't put himself in the spotlight and still had those numbers but let's say they don't win the playoff games but he's he's throwing for four or five hundred yards a game multiple oh, yeah, touchdowns no, yeah. a game and with him being in a small market would he be looked at at all probably not he could yeah, be no. yeah. he could be the um, regular season leader in, in any one of those ca categories. But uh, again, Aaron Rodgers, same way. Mm -hmm. Is he Hall of Fame worthy? Now Aaron Rodgers does have a Super Bowl under his belt, but is that enough anymore? You know what I mean? It's it's so tough to figure out where that cutoff is. Yep. It, it, it's so, okay, 
yeah, he let's say he wins a lot of Super Bowls. Okay, great. The team around him was was built up, right? Now, let's say he's he's such this incredible player, but he's got a dog shit offensive line or mm-hmm. the defense can't stop anybody. And as a, a byproduct of that, either they don't win a lot of games, even though they're putting up numbers or what. How do you look at that person who is is doing everything they possibly can to make that franchise successful? but not get to the big game, not win the big game. You, It's just so tough to be like, yeah, they should be able to put it all on their shoulders and be successful. There's there's yeah. 53 men on a roster. How could you possibly say that? I think this might be a good example. Um, take out the character stuff. Take out his problems with the law, all right? I mean, he's never going to make the whole thing, but take out all that. Say he was an outstanding, he had outstanding character and everything like that. Michael Vick. How much did he change how we looked at quarterbacks? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that alone, like, and how well he performed in doing that should get him into the Hall of Fame. But how it's based, and since he had the dogfighting, clearly that throws him out. I mean, that and that should. But say he was still clean slate and everything like that. The fact that he changed the game like that is how I think the Hall of Fame should be looked at. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, Outside of the rushing yards, statistically, as a quarterback, he was good. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't great. Yeah, he wasn't spectacular. Right. But, and, but it was but, the first time we saw something like that. <laughs> yeah, and he paved the way for guys like the Kyler Murrays, the Lamar Jacksons, Lamar yeah. Jacksons. Yeah, and it, you're absolutely right. To where, I mean, colleges have almost solely adapted that style of play anymore where they have the mm-hmm. mobile quarterback. Yeah. Yep. Very rarely do you see guys that are, are pocket passers, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow being a prime example of that. Now old Joey scoots can get out there if he needs That's to. Sometimes. Joey business, baby. <laughs> Joey <laughs> business, Joey business lights a fire under those feet from time to time. And you have to, as, as a quarterback, I mean, hell, even guys like Ryan Tannehill or some of the, I mean, Ryan Tannehill has actually got some, some legs on him. Well, he can he can move pretty decent. Well, let's but, like let's say this. Let's say Tom Tom Brady went to the same amount of championship games, but he never won the Super Bowl, right? But he everything else in his career was the same. He just didn't win the Super Bowls. He would still be like in my eyes, he would still be a Hall of Famer for the fact that he just showed that quarterbacks can play till they're forty five. Like that's phenomenal. You know what I mean? And at a high level, you're like, okay, yeah. yeah." You know, it's not like he went out there and sucked the wind. Like, even if you take away his championships and they were just AFC title games, NFC title games, he made it that far. Like, it's still, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, he's clearly in, but I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do they even have to wait for the retirement period? Yeah, just just, just put him in. Let's not let's not do this song and dance, okay? Well, like Calvin. Calvin Johnson was um he was worried about not getting in too because he cut his career short. But he changed the way we look at wide receivers. He got in, I, I do believe, but oh yeah, and and yeah. okay, so let's it, see again, there's there's so much argument to be had. Let's talk about um Julio Jones. Julio Jones at the very beginning of his career super dominant. Wow. He's good. Yeah. AJ Green, I mean, he's he really fell off, but he had a lot yep. of a lot of great seasons. 
where do you cap that? Everybody has to decline at some point, right? I mean, apparently not because Tom Brady is showcasing that. Now, he's not taking the hits like the receivers are necessarily, mm-hmm. but but, but at no what quarterback point, has played at that level at that age, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, even Peyton Manning. Everybody thought Peyton Manning was going to be in football until he died. And I don't know what age Peyton retired at, but a lot earlier than, than Tom Brady. You, you think know? Frank Gore gets in? God, I hope, I hope so. so. Yeah, I, I hope, hope so. so too. You know what? He's, yeah. Especially, especially when you're looking at a running back status and the fact that a a running back typically lasts what three to five years, maybe. Yeah. Successfully, and yep. he's been in the league. I watched this video where he was sitting down with one of his current teammates, I believe, and his teammate was rattling off all of these like veterans. Some some have been out of the league for a little while now. Some have been out of the league for a long time now. Some are still in the league. And he was rattling off all these guys. And Frank Gore was supposed to say either he played with them or not. Like if they were still in, if they were in the league when he was playing. And it was this was guys that were uh, like Warren Sapp. Like the names he was listing off. Yeah. And. And Frank Gore would be like, yeah, I, I played with him. Uh, yeah, he was, you know, back when I was you know, on such and such team or whatever. And it's just unbelievable the longevity that Frank Gore has had in a career that is almost supposed to be cut short yeah. due to the the wear and tear. Of the the nature of, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yep. And so, so, yeah, I mean, you have to take that into consideration. You absolutely have to. I don't know that we'll ever see a running back do anything like that. MJD, Maurice Jones, Drew. I mean, he had a long career as well, but is it is it a- AP was close? I want to say, but but yeah, like AP, was there a more fun player to watch in our generation growing up than AP? Like when you'd get the ball, like he just make people miss, like that sort of thing. Like that's Hall of Fame worthy. You know what I mean? Like. But that, but because he whips the fuck out of his kid, that's a yeah. <laughs> you really can't do that, bud. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> but but again, like, and and I think a lot of people have forgotten about it, honestly. Yeah. Where it's one of those things where he was so beloved when he came into the league. Yeah, Walter Payton. Walter, I mean Walter Payton's a given, absolute stud workhorse. Yeah, I mean. By the way, but by the way, pause. Watching him on black and white on the old school <laughs> TVs, <laughs> on the SpectraVision or whatever yeah. the TVs were called back <laughs> Big box then. TVs that are about four hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, the tube TVs. Yeah. Um, but but uh, Adrian Peterson was so beloved because of the standard he set, I mean, you broke records, you know, what was it? Single se- season in rushing yards. I believe he broke or he came mm-hmm. close. I don't know if he broke it, but he was close. Multiple games. Oh, he was here. Like, I think he was like three yards away. <laughs> he's flipping you off, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's up with that. We just told him that he's old, but I mean, that's what we're right. talking about here. Right. We're talking about the hall of fame. Yeah. 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 They, Talk about they, one, they, longevity. Yeah. Um, but, but again, it goes back to that popularity contest thing where people have kind of lost sight of what was, people were super up in arms about AP and, and his mm-hmm. relationship with his kid or kids. And now it's just kind of like, you know what, AP, he's, oh, what a, what a story. He was so dominant for so long. 
had these pretty bad injuries, and now he's still scoring touchdowns here and do, there in the NFL. Do you ever think we're going to go to from a opinion-based Hall of Fame to a checklist Hall of Fame? <sighs> I hope is there not. a more fa- fair way to do it? Like, do you think a checklist Hall of Fame is more better than opinionated? But so, but then the opinion, uh, it's still going to be opinion based at the root cause. Cause then we say, all right, anything over this statistic is what we would consider hall of fame worthy. So there's still going to have to be a collection of people that come up. Oh, with no, 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 no. I'm saying if you hit those marks, you're in that. Right. Right. But somebody has to create those marks. Right. Right. No, I, I agree with that. But I mean, I don't know. I, I hope not. Because yeah. the guys like the Frank Gores or the guys that change the game but don't have the stats necessarily mm-hmm. are are ones that are noteworthy. Yeah. I mean, where like you said, where would we be without Mike Vick running all over people? He was the first quarterback to hit a thousand yards or something like that, or something crazy. And at the time, you're like, wow. Now you're seeing Lamar Jackson run, lead the league in rushing, and you're like, oh, okay, that's whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if not lead the league, lead lead his team in Russia. Yeah. That, that that first of all, that should not be the case. But, <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, say Mike Vick never existed, does Lamar Jackson get a fair chance? Probably not. Probably not. And that's why, if you take out the dogfighting stuff, like that's a Hall of Fame caliber individual. But I mean, he he was a dirtbag and went you know decided to fight dogs. So I mean, yeah, yeah, he did do a lot of bad shit. And, that's the thing that drives me nuts about sports too, is they're so quick. These people that, you know, beat women, you know, potential, you know, sexual assault charges, that sort of thing. They just let them back in like, Oh yeah, but we care about people. I'm like, no, you don't, you just care about money. Get out of here. Don't I'm, I'm okay with you bringing them back or doing that, but don't try to lie to me about it. Okay. You don't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And let's, let's take this. So um, the movie is called the home team. And it's Sean Payton's story. It's on. I saw it. It's terrible. I I I enjoyed it for what it was, but when Kevin James starts to talk technical football, I cringe every time. Like, oh yeah, you should blitz the safety. I'm like, just shut up, shut up, King of Queens. <laughs> so there was a whole thing about him. Not maybe not necessarily him. I don't know the the actual story, but the bounty gate. Mm-hmm. Right. He was putting bounties on guys' heads and paying out to the players for right. doing so. I don't I don't know. One season was... one season later, he's back in the NFL. I'm curious to see if now I think that was a thing entirely because you have Bart Scott later on earlier this season talking about holding how the Ravens are gonna hold Burrow, tackle Burrow's arm so that his head bounces off the ground. And so he gets injured and can't support himself. Like it's, it's absurd. You haven't seen him on there in a long time because of it. But anyhow, um, I don't know in Sean Payton's case, was he the one that did it or was he the fall guy because they can't suspend an owner for it because, well, he owns the team. <laughs> yeah, probably the case if I had to like guess, I, honestly. Like I'm sure he knew it was going on, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm just curious to see how deep that goes. In 20 years, we'll probably find out. And I think that's the root of the conversation in that movie is yeah. um, 
Uh, you know, it's it's more complicated than that. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like, they play it off like, eh. Stephen A. They have a little clip of Stephen A. Smith saying, "Hey, if you knew about it, and didn't do anything, then you didn't do anything." Like, I mean, look at that, Joe Paterno. Yeah, great example of that. Like, he yeah. got all his shit stripped because of that. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think we solved it today, but we're gonna wrap it up there for today, anyways. <laughs> um. It's something, like I said, is going to be a continual conversation for years and years to come. And we'll just kind of have to watch it unfold. Maybe they do go to a checklist thing. But again, there's going to have to be a committee that comes up with an arbitrary set of numbers or statistics. And how many of those do you have to hit to be considered in the Hall of Fame? And then at some point, you got to think it might become overcrowded, really, like to where, all right. This becomes a passing league. All right, guys are throwing tens of thousands of yards in a season, and it doesn't hold the same value anymore. And so you have to, what, do you rewrite that checklist? Because we'd have to adjust for the times, you know, because passing yards back in the day are not, they're getting crushed nowadays by everyone. So it's like, and I just want to thank Papa Steele for uh, chiming in the comments. Uh, Whoever, the other individual was you can kindly just fuck right off um and uh yeah yeah other than that friends thank you guys for watching uh thank you for everybody who chimed in just as rod said and as always from us to you cheers, cheers.